Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Mr. Joel Elkanin, good morning. How is your day going so far? So far, so good. Good morning. Good morning to everybody. Uh, starting the day a little bit in the red. Uh, found some resistance just above the close. We're down nine and three quarters handles at 46.6850. Of course, that out could change at 8.30 when we get some more inflation data. Mm-hmm. Uh, crude in the red by 49 cents at 83.66. Hit a high at 84.97. So buck, buck 40 off the high. Gold in the red by two dollars and fifty cents at eighteen twenty-eight thirty. Silver going the same way. That's down about four cents at twenty-four twenty-eight. Bitcoin peeling back a little bit, down one thousand and seventy dollars at sixty-six five fifty-five. And Ethereum's going the same way. That's down seventy-three dollars and seventy-five cents at forty-seven twenty-eight and a quarter. Let's bring in uh, Triple D. Triple D needs a vacation after right, I don't this earnings season. Uh, Triple D just stepped away, and oh, there he I'm is. Here. Okay. I He's was here. here the whole time. Oh, your camera was off, so I didn't. Well, know. I forgot it off. All right. I do need a vacation. This has been just, you know, the market's getting me. The kids are getting me, too. I mean, I've had sick kids here for, I feel like, a month. Anyways, I just finally got both kids back to school. And then just middle of the night, 10 o'clock, I just, and, and unbelievable, the four-year-old, um, I, I I hear her, and she's in the bathroom throwing up. She got woke herself up. From a deep sleep, a four-year-old got to the toilet, did not even spill a drop, and got all the puke into the toilet. So hero in that way. But no idea why she was throwing up. She threw up multiple times. She wakes up this morning, and she's perfectly fine. So I have no idea what's going on. Dude, kids are weird, I, right? I get to keep her home from school because obviously she's throwing up last night. So we got the kids here. but And then the boy is throwing a fit because he doesn't have the pants he wants to wear. So, <laughs> walk, welcome to uh, ta- like uh, young kid problems. What you have for there. dinner last night? Uh, I don't know actually. I, I I was trading, so I don't even know what they had. So I don't know. Actually, it appeared to be some type of noodle, though. I will tell. I will say that. Um, <laughs> okay, the toilet, after the so. fact. Okay. That, that's crazy well, though that a four-year-old good. woke herself out of a deep sleep. Got to the toilet and threw it all up and didn't even spill a drop. I mean, I can't believe that. So, anyways, this is a this is a tangent of all tangents, maybe. So we yeah, this was yeah, this was a curveball. I mean, I was waiting for something. You said I need a vacation. I was like, I need a vacation from the markets because I just killed on something every day. Dennis, I I I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm 99 percent sure you wore that shirt yesterday. No, I know. Who changes their shirt during earnings season? (laughs) You got kids puking. We got earnings nonstop. I, all I do is trade. I mean, I'm trading nonstop, so that's all I do is trade. I got to dig myself out of these epic holes I have every morning. So today's hole, I don't actually. I'm maybe not in a big hole here this morning. I don't know, but I'm not in great stocks either. So this has been one of those, I'd say, a month where it has been a roller coaster ride of a P and L. Usually, my P and L is fairly stable. 
overall, obviously individual stocks, but with the moves that we're having, and we've been hard, talking hard about this off earnings, it seems like there's a stock up 20% or down 20% every day. Doesn't it? Like it, like More multiple stocks, multiple stocks today moving 20 plus percent. So, I mean, the moves are so extreme, extreme moves. I don't even know, frankly, where to begin. I mean, do you want to start with like yesterday, like Tesla, or do you want to go straight to the earnings here? Because we can, I, I maybe we should start with Tesla because it loses 170 points because Musk tweets out, I might sell some stock. I mean, this is the volatile market on individual. And overall, the SPY is not volatile, which is funny, Joel. You know, the overall market is really not that volatile. But there is individual stock volatility, something fierce. So, yeah, Tesla loses 100 from the high when he tweeted on the weekend. It closed at 1222. Tesla's now lost 200 points in two days because of an Elon Musk tweet that, uh, should I sell some of my Tesla stock? And obviously, we think he's going to sell. So I guess that's why everybody is selling the stock to get ahead of his sale. But, you know, is it get, is it overdone at this point in time? I don't know. It's overdone to the buy side. It's overdone to the downside. That's what Tesla specializes in. The stock is being overdone. So who knows with this stock? It is wild. I would use yesterday's low 10.11 as a first bounce point. Takes that out. Then, you know, you probably think 50 bucks lower because that's what Tesla does. So my bogey would be yesterday's low 10.11. Can it hold? Uh, you had a Michael Berry tweet yesterday, too. I think that uh, Tesla, but he's been tweeting about that for a long time. And then you also now it's, you know, it's a big part of the S&P 500 getting bit was getting bigger every day. So, yeah, you know, you had a little it bit knocked of the entire S&P down yesterday, Joel. Like if you want to know why you saw the market week yesterday, it was Tesla. I had a reporter calling me and they were trying to talk about PPI and all the other. I'm like, it's Tesla. The whole market is down. Because of Tesla. There is absolutely no doubt why the market is down. Tesla, 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 Tesla. It's, it loses 170 points. It's a big part of the S&P. It's going to bring down a lot of other stocks too. Well, look at that run. I mean, you know, it had a run from nine fifty. I mean, nine hundred. That gap would go on earnings. So it was nine hundred to twelve fifty with you know, nary a down day. And uh, and then you got the you know the quiet days up at the top, and then you get the must tweet. It just took a data to resonate with investors. Pre market low, nice round number comes in at a thousand. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, you know test of the close at least it's just kind of been linking since that uh that 4 a.m open but keep an eye on the close really hard to find resistance now if this starts to rip uh maybe if you do have a long you're trying to scale out you know maybe you know throw something out there at 10 30 10 40 10 50 you know and scale up the size we talked about that yesterday in amd i know bill big d was looking at it like hey you can't sell your stock if you don't have offers out there right so let the market. Well, yeah, you market. can. <laughs> what? You can sell it on the way down, but you can't have a All feel right. for the market. If you can't, I, if you I, I'm going to teach you the exact opposite, Joel, though, <laughs> when I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the opposite end of that spectrum with the way every market maker leans on your orders here. Now I actually, if you're, if you're trading an earning stock, I would say, yeah, if you're trading yes. a non earning stock, I hate having my orders out there. I hate showing my hand because 100 shares on a mid-cap stock affects the market. I'm not joking. You can have a market that's 20 cents wide, and you go and you throw out your order to sell at 100 shares, just 5 cents down from where the best offer is, and all of a sudden they hit the bid and it's offered there. 
100 and you're like, shares. what happened? They got a real seller. Oh my gosh, there's a hundred sales sale. There's a hundred share orders selling in this market. There's so much envelope liquidity, high frequency liquidity. It's 95% just fluff, basically, that when they have a real order sitting out there, it moves the price. Does 100 shares move a stock of Bank America? Absolutely not. But if you're trading something that trades under a million shares and you're showing your hand actively, you can chase the price away from you. So I don't like showing my hand whatsoever. I use a lot of discretionary orders. We're going to talk about this in our in our. But I think when you, if you're just sitting your orders out there, I what we teach our traders now is sitting limits makes you a sitting duck. Because one, they'll lean on your orders for protection. The off-exchange market makers will lean on your orders for protection. And they'll pick you off when you're on the wrong side. So, you know, it sits there. S&P is not moving. You got your bid out there. They're hitting, but you're not getting filled. You're not getting filled. And all of a sudden, the SPs are all over. And you're filled. And it's here. So I hate sitting my orders out there. I take liquidity. And believe me, this occurs. 100 shares. Like, our traders execute orders. And I'll tell you, the majority of our traders is what's called taking liquidity, where we're not sitting orders out there anymore because the, the market makers, the off-exchange market makers, even the on-exchange market makers will use them to lean on them as insurance. So they'll sit on yours because they're so damn fast. They'll sit on your order. They'll buy ahead of you. They'll buy ahead of you because they're leaning on you. And all of a sudden it looks bad. Oh, you got it. Now it's here. Sitting your orders out there makes you a sitting duck. We're going to go into all this in depth in December when we have our next educational event, how we get around this problem. December, all right, December 11th, right? Um, yes. I, I think yes. it is, December yep. 11th, Saturday. Yep. The Saturday. Yep. Yeah. yep, we're going to Second get that Saturday up on the, Yep, we're going to get that up on the site uh, this week. But uh, all right, so let's go to chat. Chat's talking about Palantir here. We should probably, okay. we can start there. There's so many earnings. I mean, this I, was two days ago, earnings, though, correct? Uh, you're right. Actually, it was yesterday. But that's morning. okay. It was yesterday morning. You're right. It. I don't think we talked about it. We though. didn't. We didn't. Yeah, the EPS was fine. the The sales was good. They actually guided above estimates. And uh, yeah, to those of you fine. asking what's what's going on, beats me. No, no, it doesn't though. It was it, it was in line, so it wasn't great. And yes, they did guide slightly higher, but it's really slight. So when growth stocks don't have super growth, they usually do hit them. They want to see a big guide. They don't want to see, oh, yeah, $152 billion versus – we're going to guide $152 or $1.52 billion versus $1.51 billion. That's basically in line. You're not showing me that, oh, yeah, we're going to kill these estimates. It's like, oh, yeah, we're kind of comfortable with the estimates. So it wasn't a great report. And they hit the stocks. And in this, in this earnings season – they are slamming higher growth names. They are slamming stocks. Like, and this is not a low P stock. It's not a value stock. It's a yeah, it's one hundred seventeen four P. They're hitting those kind of stocks. And if if they're if they're not blowing the numbers away, if they blow the numbers away, then they're buying them. But if they're not, then they're hitting them. So they hit it. And what you're also seeing in this earnings season is wicked follow through, where you know we say, okay, we'll buy the dips on stocks that are in uptrends. That tends to work still. Palantir is definitely not in an overall uptrend. It's a no trend. So the stocks that are in uptrends, stocks are in downtrends, stocks are in no trend. 2021 started Palantir around $24. It's $24 here today. So you can clearly say there's no trend here. So we don't talk about that a lot. Are they buying stocks with no trend? I, I think they're still buying stocks on dips only in uptrends. So, I mean, you look here, Palantir, there's wicked follow through. They're moving on to something else. You have this momentum capital that just it's it's a lot of retail capital that just keeps flying into what's sexy what's moving 
that's what I'm buying. That's what I'm buying. That's why there's so much wicked follow through here. And retail is driving the bus to a certain extent. If you go back 10, 15 years ago, retail was 12% over overall market volume. It's approaching 30, I believe. Oof. So you're yep. talking the retail has taken over a lot of names. And that's why you see these wicked moves. It's retail. Retail is actually driving the bus on a lot of different names. And this is a retail-driven name. Certain stocks are not retail-driven. Some stocks are. Palantir is a stock that I have somebody tweet at me every single day. What do you think of Palantir? This is a stock that's widely followed in the retail community. And you're getting a little shakeout here. I don't know where the stock is going long-term, but it's clearly not in an uptrend. It's in more no-trend. It's um, you know obviously not a cheap stock. It's a, it's a, it's a growth stock and a growth stock that isn't growing at big numbers. I'm not interested at this point in time. Uh, there's a little bit of buying interest at 23.50 uh, as we speak. That's been holding up since 7 a.m. That's some shorter-term support. Uh, before you found buyers in early, late September, early October, closer to 23. So we'll see if you're if you're looking for it to get it a little bit cheaper. But uh, 23, I'd see one, two, three lows right between 23 and 23 and a quarter. On the upside, a lot of people probably like to see that mark, right? We're trading down uh, 54 cents. So, uh, you know, resistance at that closing price. Uh, well, usually when you see a, a big red bar on something like that, it, it usually gives you another red bar. So see if we get a they date. Do. Yep, 23 today. Resistance at the close at 24 and a quarter. The ones that are reversing are the ones that are in clear uptrends. Like a Unity software, maybe we can take it to the earnings from last night. We'll bring it to Unity first. Um, Obviously, um, the stock is trading down this morning here. It was trading down more last night, though. I mean, uh, did Unity report? Yeah, 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 it was good. It was on my list. Yeah, it was a good report. So give give us the numbers. And and for all you uh, Lord of the Rings fans, you may be interested in this one because Unity is acquiring Weta. If if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you, you know what Weta is. Weta is the company that Peter Jackson uh, created to help make the visual effects for the, the movies. Anyway, Unity's EPS beat by a penny. Their sales beat two eighty six for two sixty four million dollars. They guided revenue um, in line for the quarter and uh, higher than estimates by a little bit for the fiscal year. Um, and yeah, the, I mentioned the white acquisition. The numbers were fine. The numbers they're were fine. Totally fine. They're Big similar man. numbers to Palantir if you're just looking apples to apples. Obviously, to completely different companies where they kind of beat, kind of got it higher. The big difference between Unity Software and Palantir is Unity Software is a stock that is loved right now and in a clear uptrend. So they will be more prone to buy Unity U on a dip than they will Palantir on a dip. So you get this and you think, oh, it's going to have follow through. This stock's in a clear uptrend. You can see the clear uptrend. And they've already started buying the dip. Please show the charts from last night there, Joel. But yep. they've already started buying the dip. Oh, yeah, you do have it. So you know what? I'm inclined to buy this dip on you as well. There are certain stocks that, you know, if they're in clear uptrends and they're loved and they're strong, and this is a metaverse play, this is the thing behind the thing. I mean, this is the thing behind Roblox. It got a big pop off that yesterday. I tend to think this is one that they will buy back. So if I was looking at buying dips today, and I don't, I don't have a position in this yet, but if I was thinking about it, and I am thinking about it, this is the kind of stock that I actually would buy on the dip. 151.80 is where they took it to off the number. Uh, now you got to bounce. A nice eight buck bounce, nine buck bounce off that level. So it's going to get, I think it's going to get a little bit thicker. If you start to go down again, you can tell it's already thickened up, traded up to 165. Now I'm just so finding too. a home at 160. 
I would, if we do go into reverse and you don't think it's going to the pre-market low, your two-day low is 154.17. So uh, that's still six bucks away. Um, on the upside, you had your old-time closing high yesterday. So that's your your next resistance point. That's If it starts to go into rally mode, if it gets near 71, 71.63 was that close from yesterday. Uh, you might see some offers at that area between 60 and 60 right here and 171.63. You know, I think you'd have to make up a number to, to have one. And then you could go to the big loser of the day, and that is Upstart. And the reason I would not buy the dip, give us the numbers first. Give us the numbers on Upstart. Yeah. Again, the same story, right? Because the numbers, if you look at them in the vacuum, they, they really weren't that bad, at least on the headline numbers, right? Yeah. EPS beat $0.60 cent for $0.35. Cents. Sales beat $2.28 for $2.14 million. <laughs> guidance, uh, revenue guidance for the current quarter uh, wow. came in above estimates. Um, but <sighs> all of those numbers, all those, uh, like that growth, while above estimates was all down you, you, and you had to know this, you had to look back, was all down year over year. Uh, their loan because origination. They really had a big year last year. Yeah. Loan origination was, and again, this is a fintech play, loan origination down year over year, the the, the growth rate. This so, is a, this is a yeah. tough one. You've got an ugly, you know, and we say technical analysis doesn't matter as much when companies report, but now it is after the report, so we can analyze the technicals. Now you have an ugly head and shoulders where you really took out the neckline around 300 bucks and you're at 240, you broke trend. The stock's now and, you know, clearly broken the uptrend. So does it bounce right back like to 300? I don't think so. I think it went down too hard. So oh. it's like a fun line. It's like you can go down a little bit and you buy the dip. When you fall like 30%, then, oh yeah, you can rally to 23, which it's doing right now. But are you rallying all the way back? I don't think so. So I think you know, I, I think I would be more inclined to buy the U-dip then I would the, the wait. Wait, yes. can, can I add one thing? And actually, Joel Kalina pointed this out. He'll be on in a few minutes here. But this is actually from the from the release last night. Uh, it's, and actually, pretty high up in the release. And I'm I'm, I'm reading it directly from there now. Um, da, da, uh, beginning in the third quarter of 2021, in order to better reflect actual conversation or conversions, we removed rate inquiries identified by our platform as likely fraudulent from our conversion rate calculation. So maybe the they weren't there there weren't actually as many leads as as, as we thought they were. They weren't actually having as many conversations as, as as they thought they were. Genuine inquiries. So I don't know anything about that. I can just tell you, looking at this, too, too close it's, to the pre market low. To, to, it, it's to, not to, getting out away from it really now at this point in time. And this yeah, is the after so, hours low last night. 233.11, excuse me. 233.11 was your after hours low. I did some retracement. That comes in at like the 210, 211 area. But, oh, man, you know, I don't know. 200, is that out of the question today? I do see. I think I 200 see, is out of the question. 233 is a big number for now. Okay. Um, after it, that, we, your next ahead, daily low is 227.52 if you're looking for an undercut rally in it. It's why we started pre-market prep. The whole reason Joel and I started it seven years ago was, um, obviously we teamed up with Benzinga, um, was because we thought people weren't using the pre-market levels enough in their trading. And, you know, that's what our edge, you know, is to a certain extent is we we're looking at numbers that other people aren't looking at because at 233, if it never touches, there is never going to hit on an intraday basis, but it was trading there. 
and it was trading with some volume. So that's why the pre-market, you know, charts can matter to a certain extent. So now we have a clear level defined at 233. I mean, if you're just looking at intraday charts, you're like, well, I don't have any level. Well, no, we have levels. We have the pre-market charts. So using the pre-market charts help to give us a little bit of an edge. That's it. And it's it's very tricky to under, to try and understand which way things are going to go here because like said, just, just, just the size of these moves. Like you want to look at corn, the moves. Like you want to look at Coinbase right now. Yeah. This and 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 this Coinbase one actually shouldn't have been a surprise if you if you remember what Robinhood said, right? Yeah. Massive massive good. deceleration in in retail activity on, on their platform. That's good. But point. but again, Coinbase numbers in a vacuum were okay. Their EPS beat the estimates. Their sales. I guess you know their sales was light, and that and that was the problem. And they said that retail trading volume, uh, quarter over quarter, was down thirty six percent. Wow! So that that right there was the problem. Uh, it, it, it's it's tough numbers. The one thing Coinbase has going for it is obviously it's a Bitcoin play, and if crypto and Bitcoin continue to rally, they'll buy this dip on Coinbase. So this is basically a derivative play. I mean, we can look and say, oh, yeah, it's all about their numbers and all about, and it is to a certain extent on their business model, but people are just coupling in and they're pairing up every Bitcoin stock. There's like a dozen of them. I do it too. As an Arab trader, I, you know, Bitcoin starts ripping. I buy Coinbase. You know, you buy all the other ones like Mara and Riot and BTBT if we want to go to the smaller ones or Hive. And, you know, yes, there's, you know, different, you know, fluctuations in price, but, you know, three days from now, what will move the price of Coinbase is going to be the price of Bitcoin. So, and I know you can say, oh, Solera, and they got all the other ones there too, but it's Bitcoin still the driver here. Bitcoin, Ethereum to a certain extent as well. So I think if Bitcoin holds up, I think they do buy this dip. If Bitcoin all of a sudden starts to roll over, maybe we should look at the Bitcoin chart because that's going to matter to Coinbase at this point in time more than mm. Coinbase. So now that we're past the earnings report. So Bitcoin sitting here. It's right near the highs. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look that bad to me. So I think as long as Bitcoin holds up, I think the Coinbase dip gets bought. If Bitcoin starts to roll over, then obviously all bets are off. But I'd be somewhat inclined. I don't like the coin dip as much as the U dip, but I'm I'm somewhat more inclined to buy this dip on Coinbase. Uh, you got matching lows on the futures in the Bitcoin right now. Yesterday's low, six, uh, 66480 Today's lays. Today's low sixty six three eighty five. You're a couple hundred bucks above that, so that's what you're looking at in Bitcoin. For the coin, it looks like they've already bought the dip. You got down close to three hundred, and now it's bounced twenty bucks off that. So this one, when you're looking at it, they did. You talked about buying the dip. Now, now it looks like you're going to have to get some orders out there ahead of that pre-market low in order to get filled. Just the way the buyers have just stepped up since then. Um, on the dailies, I like to try to at least find a couple lows in the same area. And the first thing I can really come up with is I'm going to say 310 because that spots uh, there's like four lows between 305 and 315. So I'll call it 310 if you're trying to you know put it, get in ahead of the pre-market low. But it looks like it's been now a little bit. The bottom of yesterday's range, that will be your resistance at uh, 345.06. You actually had two daily lows there on uh, Monday and Tuesday, right there at 345. Uh, at 825, we have five minutes till 
CPI. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm going to leave here in a minute. So give me one more stock. I'm going to get ready for CPI. Okay. One more stock. Let's do DoorDash here. This is one of your big gainers of the morning. Up, I think, what, 16%, if not more. Um, They're also doing an acquisition. They're buying uh, some Finnish competitor uh walt i guess if i'm saying that right i don't know um sales came in above estimates uh adjusted ebitda was uh better than estimates as well and stock is up wow Uh, i I was nervous about this one going into the report apparently i was wrong because they just decided to not peloton this thing they buying the hell out of it so a lot of people may be leaning too much bearish in it it was down because of peloton that's why it was weak into the report so maybe it's that Peloton set the bar so low for it that it was easily able to get over that bar. Um, obviously, big pop here that we know they like if they sell stocks, certain stocks down 15, 20%, they like to buy other stocks up 15, 20%. So throw this into the Ring Central, DoorDash. These are the ones they're buying here today. But uh, I was wrong on this one, um, at least from my opinion basis yesterday. You got to 241 believe it or not. So that's 17 bucks off the uh, pre-market high, but holding 220 as we speak, man, I just, I'm looking at this 220 to 225 area, a couple tops here at 220 before you fell off a cliff, another top at 225. So, I mean, that's the range. If it holds that area, I know it's kind of big, but it's also, you know, a $200 stock. It holds 220 you know, maybe you get up there and test uh, the pre-market high. But a lot of people stuck on this too, Dennis, from, you know, late October and early December. So I'm going to throw it to you guys for five minutes here. Okay, you know what, though? I I have a theory. This is my theory. I think Dennis will be back maybe almost instantly because this CPI number, we only care about CPI within the context of how it changes things at the Federal Reserve and how it could change monetary policy obviously it's interesting right we're interested in in what the government says inflation is but the market only cares about it within the context of the fed and the fed already came out and said yeah we're we're, we're starting to unwind to 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 shrink our balance sheet a little bit we're gonna you know uh taper to some extent starting now they already said that so do we think the market will react at all to the cpi number aside from like the general interest in this is what the government says inflation is, and we all know it's. We're all feeling it more than that. Um, but I, I don't actually know if, if if we'll see a big reaction here. That that's my hot take. That's your hot. That's a Spencer hot take. Well, you know what? We uh, today's this, this is a CPI, right? And yeah. Yesterday was a PPI. We basically slept through the CPI yesterday. The PPI. PPI. The PPI. Yeah, I you're mean, right. We we didn't even notice. <laughs> It actually there I, there was a bid to the market uh, yeah. going into the open yesterday, and just it looked strong. The market looked very strong, and then that number came out. And the, I remember looking, seeing it on TV. It wasn't much of a uh, reaction, uh, but we'll see what we get today here. Uh, did you give Did you give the previews yet, Spencer? Uh, I think the consensus estimate is somewhere around in, in the high five percent range for a uh, year over year five point eight, five point nine, six percent. Somewhere, oh, somewhere in that. Seems high, doesn't it? Um. Maybe that's yeah. that's on an annualized basis. Of course, we're looking at point like the, the actual um, uh, uh, sequential number uh, would be 0.6 percent, and for the core would be 0.4 percent. That's what they're looking for. But um, yeah, I, I I was just thinking about this, and 
I kind of realized that we only really care about these numbers within the context of how they change things at the Fed, but the Fed already already played their hand. So I'm not sure if we really if the market will really care too much. Well, you know, we'll find out in 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 40, 40 seconds. All right. Well, let's see, so, dude. We got any uh any anybody jump in the gun here. Uh we're on the one minute chart. You know, I don't go to the one minute chart unless we have no. numbers like this. So we got the one minute chart up there. Uh Mid-range on the session, uh, that comes in right here, right where we're at. It's 69 and a quarter. Now, if you get a nice pop, uh, let's be keeping an eye on that close from yesterday. That close from yesterday is 78 and a quarter. And uh, the pre-market high is right there, right at 80 and a quarter. So that's what uh, I'm looking at on the upside if they do like the number. On the downside, uh, this pre-market low, 58 and a quarter. Uh, nothing there for you. More relevant number even though we traded to it overnight at 63 and a quarter. And uh, the first reaction is down a spike down to 63 and uh, trying to rebound uh, 63 and a quarter was yesterday's low. It's teetering. The buyers are trying to defend that. They do. We go to, what did we go to there? Come on. Uh, oh, I got to look on. Uh, All right. So it's not so a new low it, of the it day. Came in a little hot, Joel. Uh, maybe it's a smidgen on the hot side, right? Because Smidgen on the hot side? Yeah. I said I said 0.6% was the estimate sequentially. We actually came in at 0.9%. And then the core number, the core number was 0.6, which was a bit higher than the 0.4% estimate. So it was a smidge hot. Smidge hot. We, while we're at it, we also got, got jobless claims. Um, although I didn't, I, did, uh, I didn't look too closely at those estimates there. Um, so, you know, I mean, a little bit higher than we thought, but we, we can't have it both ways. You can't complain that the fed, uh, doesn't account for true inflation and then complain when the number is coming higher. They than... don't like it, Spencer. They don't <laughs> okay. like it. Dennis is, Dennis is not going to be back as soon as we thought. We'll probably get Joel Colina on. Uh, but uh, didn't really blink much at the low from yesterday. It's still a relevant number. It's 63 and a quarter. Uh, we're bearing down on the pre-market low. Pre-market low comes in at 58 and a quarter. Uh, if you're basing uh, your trading on your daily levels, your daily highs and lows, uh, four day low, 50.75, but a uh, little battle going on here at 46.60. So overall, uh, street kind of leaning the right way, at least on the S&P, right. selling it overnight. All right, chat's giving me grief for saying it was a smidge higher. Fine, you're right. It was 50% higher. Yes, you, 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 your math is hard. Uh, uh, CPI, you just... Uh, to put it to bed year over year uh, increased uh, five point, I'm sorry, 6.2% um, versus, like I said, the estimate was like, was in the high 5% range um, core CPI 4.6% year over year versus a 4.3% estimate. Uh, so yes, uh, high, high, but, but, uh, but again, I re repeat my point. People always criticize this number for, Oh, it's not, it doesn't really reflect my reality. Well, here it is coming in higher than we, than the estimate. And, I don't know. I guess you can't complain when it's lower and complain when it's higher as well. But um, market, I guess, I guess surprise, you can see the, by the reaction. So I stand corrected on my hot take from a minute ago. Um, I guess yep. a, and, I, I, uh, I guess a big number would do that. Okay. All right. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're trying to, the, buy, the buyers are standing here near the pre-market low. They're trying to get done. That 
pre-market low is uh, 58 and a quarter. We just read 59 and a quarter. It looked like those, they, we're going on the low here. They are going to take this pre-market low out here. 58 and a quarter. Uh, that's it. That's the only relevant number. I do uh, just want to take a look at uh, your banks. Yeah, and banks. This is good news here. for the banks, right? Is, the banks is. are rallying. Uh, let me go to, I have to go to the after hours in the pre-market chart here to accurately reflect there is a nice move up in bank of america higher interest rates good for the banking sector jp morgan a little bit of a pop still up only 20 cents let's just go general here and see what they did with the xlf uh, not a lot of trading here in the pre-market in the xlf i guess bank america is your most liquid one and uh you did get a, a pretty good move on a percentage basis jp uh, morgan pretty liquid yeah uh it's 168 dollar stock i mean it's only actually the volume is really light net this morning in jp morgan uh Oh, I was looking at the wrong stock. 9,300 in JP Morgan is traded as opposed to uh, over 103,000 in the Bank America. But look like the bulls here. The bulls uh, have defended the pre market low of 58 and a quarter. Uh, where were we at when uh, this whole thing started? It's another uh, relevant level. If they're going to shake this number off today, uh, going into one minute, right where we were ticking, we were at 68.50. And you got kind of light volume on that minute bracket. So there's uh, your resistance up there, 68.50. Looks like a battle between 58 and 68 heading into the open. Uh, what else do we want to look at as far well, I, as... I, I just uh, want to reiterate that you know, <laughs> the 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 transitory inflation has so far failed to be transitory, which, of course, we all know this. But every time we get another data point every month, it's just another it. nail in the transitory coffin, because uh, not only is it staying elevated, but it's actually going higher. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. man. It's it's tough. I mean, also, I mean, the, the reaction here in the market, I mean, you're looking at this and wow, two down days in a row. But look what, you know, just look at where we were at in, uh, you know, at the end of September and early October. I mean, just you know, under, remember all that choppiness, all that crazy action that we had here between like 42.50 and like 43.20, and you finally had a breakout. So you had a 300-point rally here, folks. I mean, this is, you know, if you're looking to buy the dip, this is not much of a dip yet, yeah. but, but, you know. But right, we were waiting on all Dennis, these other days Dennis, here. thumbs up if you're good, man. I, I can't tell if you're, oh, he says thumbs up. All right, Dennis is back, and then. How was that? Uh, trying to buy the banks off it. <laughs> that was my <laughs> initial instinct. Same as yours. I mean, you think like, but we're chopping around a lot too. So I'm still in a couple of trades here, just trying to figure okay. out whether we're going up or down. All right. I, I don't know. Um, the, the number is hot. I mean, this is exactly what we've been talking about here. It's the BS the Fed keeps feeding us. You know, oh, yeah, we're running 2%, uh, you know, running 6.2%. You know, it's definitely not 2%. And then you can start looking at everything that isn't inflationary and everything you don't track. You know, even like product sizing, which we talk about, because everything gets smaller. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, expensive. you know, the hidden inflation is just everywhere. So, I don't know. This is the major problem with the markets right now. It's a major issue. I don't know how they solve it. Because the way to solve, you know, when you start getting hot, you know, in CPI numbers and when you start getting inflation, 
that's definitely ticking up is to raise rates. But they can't raise rates because everybody's built on debt. And they don't want people losing their homes. So they're stuck in a really hard place right now. And it's going to be a tough one for them to figure out, you know, where, um, how, how, how to manage this. Like, what, what's the solution, really? So let's say, hypothetically, okay, well, let's start raising rates. Interest rates are, or CPI is too hot. We've got to cool it off somehow. We start raising rates. You'll raise a little bit. It probably doesn't do anything. You raise a lot and everybody loses their homes. And we go into a tailspin recession. So the only solution they really have is to keep lying to us and say it's transitory. It'll eventually go away. It'll eventually go away. Is it going to go away? I don't know. And this is why I don't want to be in cash. So you got to keep staying, you know, in certain assets. We know I increased my bank exposure a month ago. It looks like, you know, that's, and that's actually has been working because the banks have went up. Um, You know, I was selling stocks like utility stocks. I was selling stocks, you know, that are, you know, four or 5% dividends, AT&Ts and Verizon's. Uh, because I think you've got to be in stocks that are benefiting at least from a tightening bias because they can't keep ignoring this. They're going to have to stop tapering at a certain point in time, like completely, like not just like a stop or stop printing money. They're going to have to stop the printing press at a certain point in time because it's coming to roost. Like Peter Schiff calling for this for 20 years. It took a pandemic for it to happen, but it's here. You know, don't don't you agree here, Joe? Like you read that Peter Schiff book, you know, and obviously I can't remember the title of it. What was it Crash Proof? It's his book from I 15 yeah, years ago where he was calling for inflation to really start to escalate. Well, it took a pandemic for it to happen, but Peter Schiff, you are finally right here. We are in the Peter Schiff environment here. You would think gold and silver is things to own. You know what? Gold and silver is starting to look a hell of a lot better here. Gold yeah. picking up this morning. Yep. GLD has a four-day run here where it's starting to look good. You're starting to see the inflation trade pop all over the place. This data today is not going to make the inflation trade go away. Inflation, Inflationary environment is bad for high-growth tech stocks because those earnings those future earnings are worth less so bad for your kathy stocks good for your banks so that's what you've got to be thinking kathy getting hammered this morning again 118 she was looking okay there a few days ago she's starting to get hammered again so i don't want to own high growth tech right now i would rather own boring banks commodity stocks let's stuff that joel, actually let, goes let, up in an inflationary let, environment let's get let's get joel we'll come back to the rivian ipo uh let's get joel clean his thoughts on this here from wedbush uh, securities and get his thoughts on that number joel good yeah. morning, morning um, guys. what what do you make of, of that save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, no, I agree, agree completely uh, with what Dennis kind of, I know it was a, a little bit of a rant, but I respect it. I think you, you kind of, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think, uh, since Powell kind of tried to, uh, you know, pull a fast one on the market, you know, you know, back in December 2018, he's stayed in line with with kind of, you know, propping up valuations, you know, rem- keeping a very accommodative uh, policy in place. And and if this Fed's at least they've been consistent in one thing, and that's saying that they're going to be very transparent and clear in their message. And, and I wouldn't expect any curveballs. And and until Powell kind of we, we hear a shift in his tone. Uh, you have to take him for what his, 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 
what what he's saying. And uh, you know, like I think you got to stay invested and realize that you know the Fed's going to continue with their ostrich uh, policy and just keep their head in the sand. How do they? How how do they not? I mean, I don't know yeah. what the what what they can do. I think I think behind closed doors, they're sitting back and having the same conversation and saying, "What do we do? I mean, we how do we fix this problem? The whole entire world is built on debt. We've got a housing bubble that would collapse if we really yeah. start to raise rates seriously. So we're just going to tell everybody it's transitory and eventually this is just going to go away. But it, I don't see exactly, it going yeah. away. No, 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 nobody does. And I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're seeing the price of everything is, is going up. And uh, yeah, you, you said it very well. So I mean, I couldn't add anything more intelligent than how you put it. And uh, but again, I think at least with this Fed, they're going to be very, very, you know, transparent and visible if there's going to be a major shift in policy. Uh, I just don't see them rattling the cages uh, anytime soon, um, which is kind of comical. But it is, it is what it is at this point. Right. Do you think sure. they'll pull? Um, uh you know, this is going back, this is dating us, but, you know, sometimes they just would come out of the blue yeah. and do something, you know, like a quarter point hike or something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe it, instead of like telegraphing it with the meetings when everyone expects it, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Joel? We haven't no, seen that in a long time. You think I, the, the I, Fed I, might I just like we, slap us aside the head? Yeah, I feel like we, we, we saw that a little bit in December, uh, like, again, just about three years ago. And, and the market wasn't happy. If you remember, I think the market bottomed during that pullback around December 20th or maybe even Christmas Eve, for that matter. But and and the market really hasn't looked back since other than obviously a few few major speed bumps along the way. But, um, you know, Powell's stuck to the script um, and I don't see I, I'd be shocked if he kind of went adrift and, and did his own thing. And they surprised us with, with any sort of proactive policy, which would make sense. Um, for, for, you know, again, another hot CPI, but it just, we're, we, we're, I just don't think you can bank on that. Joel, what do you make of the, the earnings moves here? Cause it, 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 I'm, there's, I'm trying to find a theme and I'm struggling, right. To, 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 to identify one here. It just yeah, seems, yeah, that's, that's kind of been, that's been the problem. You're not alone. I mean, uh, it seems like almost every night we get another flurry of earnings and, and we're past the peak now, but it's just like, Guys are getting kneecapped almost at any any point. You know, going back a few weeks when Texas Instruments really had this soft soft guide guide. You know, everyone shorted all the analog semiconductors and more of the, the hardware kind of storage names. And those those guys those shorts have been getting carried out on, on the back of better reports on, on the back of it. Uh, Roblox up forty two percent yesterday. The valuation is 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 beyond insane. Uh, I think it's enterprise value and market caps more than Activision at, at this point and. Uh, and and guys are struggling. Uh, you know, DoorDash a big move to the upside. Guys were kind of trimming or, or, or that stock into the recent rally. Um, and then you're seeing name like Unity. I, I think you know. I think Joel touched on it earlier. Unity down five six percent, I believe last I checked. Maybe a little bit worse now. I think that is a name you want to be buying the dip if you can stomach the valuation and and kind of buy a little bit and tuck it away for a few years. They are very well positioned to benefit from not just the metaverse theme, but the the shifts in, in the Apple. You know ecosystem and the and the pay structure, um, and and so I think there's many reasons to be bullish on 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 uh, on Unity, especially with the acquisition of Peter Jackson's you know Weta Studio, that will help expand their TAM and also kind of just fits really nicely into the robust uh, game engine as well. But yeah, I mean the as you can tell, I mean guys are being caught off sides on a lot of these these earnings moves, and and the volatility is kind of is it's been off the charts. Meanwhile, the major indices really haven't done too much. But kind of really what jumps out at me to start this month in November, the Goldman most short baskets up 11 percent. And that compares to 
the market being up around S&P being up around 2%. So that really speaks to the pain being felt out there, especially hmm. in the hedge fund community. Hmm. Interesting thought. Uh, what do you say to people that are in some of these stocks that uh, maybe have these great growth stories and are just so, so beaten down? I'd avoid them. I mean, uh, I think well, you guys, well, you, what if you're already in them is my question. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you got you got to reevaluate your reevaluate your investment strategy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing it with Kathy Wood kind of unfold in real time. We you, know she was. You a know super, what, though? But, I was looking at the ARK. I own the ARKW. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but ARKW doesn't look that bad. It doesn't. But I mean, we all know. Imagine her flagship, say, you know, ARKK. Imagine, sure. I mean, I get it. Tesla's the number one holding, you know, with a 10 percent plus weighting. We know what's going on in Tesla isn't normal right now. You know, we can't really explain the fundamental reason why it went gangbusters, you know, last week. And we can't explain why the stock really fell 12% yesterday. Yeah, you can point to a couple of reasons. But I think you look under the hood at what she's been averaging down, whether it's been Skills, Coinbase, Robinhood, Teladoc, Zoom Media. These these are companies that are, are struggling and they're showing signs of decelerating. So if you're in a name and, and the chart is broken and it's a fundamental, you know, there's a fundamental reason behind it. I'd be looking to put your money elsewhere. Um, there are there are still great companies out there, and you don't need to chase the dream with some of these more you know meme momentum type of stocks. And great point from uh, Chris Catchy in our chat that the 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 inverse Arc ETF actually launched yesterday. If if that's yeah. your thing, what is that? What's the symbol on that? <laughs> Sark S A R K. Somebody came out Sark. with an inverse Cathy. Yeah, that's a lot of hate right there. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of hate to come out with that product. <laughs> Is it though, or is it just an opportunity? Is it just an opportunity? You know, is it something? I mean, I mean, it's worked. I mean, it's it's been a great trade all year. I mean, like I said, if you really strip out Tesla from her performance, and then you peel under the hood of some of her other other ETFs, she's she's got a long list of like mid cap biotechs in her portfolio with massive holdings. She's a ten percent plus holder, and I think ten ten to twenty biotech companies. I mean, where liquidity is terrible. If a number of these start, you know, the dominoes start falling as well, you really could see a self-fulfilling prophecy of implosion uh, with, with some of her ETFs this year. I mean, it just seems like there's just the risk management's not in place. And I just don't know how you keep defending stocks on the way down that, again, they had the big COVID tailwinds. Well, well that, that catalyst has been removed, yet st- still defending to no end. Uh, You're working against yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say too. A higher inflationary environment is the dead enemy for Kathy Wood because she's yeah. in all these high growth tech names, and those future earnings are worth a hell of a lot less in an inflationary environment. So she is almost the same as the Fed in that way. She comes on TV and saying, "Oh, the deflation's going to go away." I'm more worried about deflation because um, obviously, if we go into an inflationary environment, she's going to get hammered on her position. So if, if the yeah. inflation continues to escalate. If we start yeah. to see deflation, like she's and, predicting, then she ends up winning, maybe. So yeah, I guess, then, you know, it goes back to inflation versus deflation here. I just don't see a lot of deflation right now. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a struggle, though. I mean, like I said, all these momentum type of stocks, you know, the the, 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 the besides the major indices really not doing much. I mean, some of the volatility under the hood's just been fantastic and uh and, and and pretty incredible and 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 you know she obviously has uh, she's involved in a lot of those names that are heading in the wrong direction and the irony is she's been selling tesla that's been what she's really been kind of peeling out of to fund fund the losers 
Uh, we skipped over Rivian. If we can go back to that for a second, Joel, I wonder if you have thoughts on that IPO. They upsized it. Uh, yep. they, they, they increased the price. I thought we were past this. And by this, I mean all this EV hype. We were in it, and then we moved on. And now I guess we're back. Yeah, I can't, I can't really speak about Rivian itself for, okay. for, for other purposes. But right. I mean, I, I think, you know, the EV hype is, is real. I think the infrastructure details of the infrastructure bill finally passing. And, and that obviously led to the charging, charging names, go, you know, going through to the moon on, on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's, I, I think only thing I really can say is that the company is, has great management team and, and, and just from a manufacturing technology point of view, it's, it's pretty impressive, but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really talk too much about that though. All right. Joel Kalina is the head of technology and media trading at Wedbush security is the guy is like a, machine i don't know how early he gets up but it's before me i can tell you that yeah, he uh, starts last early. night he started it's true he starts probably started that's his secret he starts the night before i bet that's exactly that's you have to All you right. have to <laughs> thank you for joining us as always have a good one guys take care and also right. what real real quick just what kind of one to keep on your radar i know you guys are big momentum chart guys look at sale point the ticker is sail yeah accelerating SaaS revenue uh, fa- ex- uh, faster than expected uh, transition uh, model transition uh, as well subscription model uh, breaking out today on, on good volume and this is a stock I, I think you want to be buying it into the strength it's got a little garpy element as- to it as well even though you're seeing obviously it's being re-rating a little bit higher today but I think uh, for any of your momentum investors out there we know cloud security themes not going away anytime soon um, keep this one on your radar I like it going to $70 plus then they had earnings last night that appeared to have been better better than estimates. So good call out. We were not going to mention that, so we wouldn't have known otherwise. Thanks a lot, Joel. All right, guys, take care. All right. Um, do, do either of you do uh, you guys have thoughts on the Rivian IPO? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the numbers right now because, like I said, they, they sure. had upsized it. The original pricing that well, the guesstimate for the pricing was a range of fifty seven to sixty two. They priced it last night uh, at seventy eight dollars per share. Yeah. Um, this is probably the most hyped IPO of the this year, is, at least that I can think of. They need to do this last week. This is going to be the worst possible day for them to do this. One, because high growth is coming off. Two, Tesla. M- Musk is going to be a, a major impact here on this because Tesla has just fallen 200 points. Obviously, your direct comparable that you're going to look at is that. I mean, this thing's going to open up with a market cap of probably General Motors. And I'm not sure that this market environment is going to just come in here and say, I want to buy it up to two gen- two General Motors markets caps here. I, I think it's going to, in a 78, it looks like it priced at 78. Yep. I, I think you get that initial little hype, that initial little pop. I think it's going to have a struggle to hold that 78. And maybe the market makers are going to try to hold it up there. Um, obviously, well, I I'm, I'm shouldn't say it. it's probably going to open up way over 78, but I think I think eventually it's going to have a redate with 78. It probably opens out like 120 or 130 because that's what these bloody things do. Um, I don't, but it's hard to say, you know, we don't know where these things are going to open. I'm just going to say if they did this last week, I think the stock would show a lot more strength than it's going to. So I think it could be one of those where it opens and starts to puke right away. I think what they're doing is they're uh, the way they're pricing the IPO. It's a, a dollar for every car that they produced and sold. Well, that well, that's 156 only. So, <laughs> so maybe, it's not that far off. 156 dollars a share, but I mean, this is it's, it's not a good day. I, I would agree with it's you. It's a bad that. day for them bad to be day. having this. I would almost like 
I guess they can't pull it, but man, you're coming to a market environment where all of a sudden, two days ago, the mar- market got musked. And yes, that's going to be a verb now, musked. And that's what happened to high growth here. 200 points off for Tesla. They're coming in Rivian. Are they coming in buying a hand over fist? You got the retail trader pretty spooked and hit, and, and hit right now on some of these higher growth names. So they don't got a taste for that right now. And you This see... is not the kind of stock. This is not the stock you're looking for. There's another Star Wars reference. This, uh, I, in my opinion, this is not the stock you're looking for. Wait, Dennis, you have to do the the Jedi mind trick thing. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Not do no, no. So, and, and also, <laughs> I, what, what I fear is all anyone sees when they, they do five seconds of research here, and all they see is, oh, Amazon backed it. Oh, Amazon knows what they're Ford doing. Ford, too. For, and Ford. Right. Amazon and Ford. Right. Um, but there's more to it than that. So, I'm long uh, Ford. And if Ford has run up into this event, and I'm going to stick with my Ford because I bought it seven what? bucks, and I still think there's a lot going on here. But this has had a nice run into this event. I think Ford's trading down here a little bit this morning, and maybe it trades up when the Rivian comes around. But I wouldn't be chasing. You could get a little bit of it. It depends on what Rivian does, but Rivian has a whimper here. Ford could get hit too. Don't kid yourself. So talking against my book again. On the only, where they don't mean Joel, the only people on the street that do that. Wait, so you you're not selling. I'm not selling my Ford now. Oh, my goodness. One, I don't want to pay the big gain. I'll almost 200% on it now. And two, I just, uh, I believe in this recovery for, you know, electric. Ve- I believe in electric vehicles, and I think it's still cheap EV play. I think it's all going to be EV. I like General Motors, too. We know I've, I've liked General Motors for a long time. We know I sold my General Motors ahead of the report, which I didn't rebuy, and I should have. Uh, but I still have my Ford. I still have all my Ford. I'm sticking with it. But right. again... Um- I would not be buying Ford now. It's had a run up in the Rivian. I'm hoping for a pullback, you know, maybe get pulled back to like 18 or something where it cools off a bit after if this RIVN does indeed whimper and then maybe a strike on it. But as of right now, like Ford's run a long ways. Uh, match nearly matching ranges and in, uh, in Ford, you couldn't get up to that. Uh, when I talked about that pre market high yesterday, and it never really sniffed at it in the regular session. But there's definitely a seller lurking at the 2050 area. Your last two highs, 2042 and 2051. There you have your sellers on strength, and right. Now, I'd have to say 1935 is your support. That kind of splits the two lows, 1933, 1934. That splits the two lows uh, from Monday and Tuesday. So that's what I'm looking at in Ford. S&Ps did undercut the pre-market low. We were at 58 and a quarter. They got everybody in the water thinking, oh, we're going to 46.50. Made a new low at 56.75. So a little rebound here going 36 minutes into the open. Uh, we'll use some ticker time here for five or so minutes. So drop your tickers in the chat. Do I need to talk about SoFi? They report tonight. I'm not sure what there is to say about it. What, what, what do I need to say about SoFi, Martin? I don't know. They report earnings after the close. I have a small trading position in it right now, so I'll limit my comments. I don't know okay. what I'm supposed to say about it. <laughs> it's just... Uh, people taking profits ahead of the report, and it just also like the market environment too, down uh, ninety seven cents. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like this candle here. I mean, you had a big run up. I keep an eye. Ugh, that that low is way down in twenty twenty eight. I don't think you're going to see that today. Uh, what you need to do is get back over that low from yesterday. Resistance at twenty one sixty one. And I don't know. I think you're going to have to, if you want to buy this ahead of the report, 
under 21, but I don't think you're going to see this low at 20.28 today. But that's what I'm looking at in SoFi. Had a nice run. Just peeling back ahead of the replay. No, I'm not. I'm not buying more to answer that question. Uh, hey, okay, we we got a couple uh, not super high flying stocks in the chat. Like when they also were on their earnings calendar. Did they report or did they report tonight? No, they did. Uh, no, they reported last night. They reported last night. Just did a whole lot of nothing. Whoa, yeah. yeah. You got some gross stocks going up 20%, some <laughs> gross stocks going down 20%. They didn't give two craps about when. It nope. never even hardly moved. Nope. Uh, you can say that initial tick. Okay. I Did it really tick down to $90? Is that right on the earnings report? Yeah, it mine says 89 Well, and it was it was there for like a split second because when I I, I didn't even see that. If that's correct, like I never even saw it trade down to there. I just saw, you know, that it really didn't do anything at all. And it's still doing a hell of a lot of nothing. Um, you, this is still a reopening play. I think we're still in full reopening mode. I think this is more of uh, a kind of stock I'd actually like to own in an inflationary environment where people are going out and doing things. Um, it's not obviously an inflationary. I shouldn't say it's nothing to do with that. But I think it's a reopening play. And I think we're fully ongoing reopening. I'd actually, I actually kind of like the win. I still own my Las Vegas Sands. I actually, I rarely add to losers in the long-term portfolio, but I bought more Las Vegas Sands at $38 a couple of weeks ago. I uh, brought my average cost basis down to 46 So I still kind of like that play too. So I like the casinos. I mean, overall, not a great trend, but if you look at uh, if you're looking at the win, I mean, you did you did come off that low, the the uh, the COVID low, got up to 140, and you had a good pullback. So the monthlies, you know, you got two monthly green candles going in a row. Uh, quiet day, you're quiet in the pre market trading. Uh, if you could get through this uh, two day high of 98.60, it got a gap fill at 100. Coming back on the downside, 89. There was some value on that print, but uh, see if it can hold the close. If it can hold the close, then, uh, you know, in this kind of market that we have today, then good chance on this one. But really, in the, kind of in the middle of nowhere, too. Win, W Y N N. And then, yeah, a few people are asking about SOS. It's Hall's and News pending, guys. I don't know. It, it, this Hall could last all day for all I know, right? It, what and, stock? SOS. Whenever a stock is halted for news, I don't even follow that stock at all. Yeah, it's a cool it, ticker symbol, but I follow. I don't even know what the company does. Maybe, maybe the ticker symbol is a warning. I don't know. SOS. <laughs> I'm not sure why they would. You know, what's weird was Hive blockchain yesterday, though. Yeah. And I don't know if, if Frank knew it, but you know, I tweeted at him. I'm like, they halted that in Canada. They never opened it until like it never opened at 9:30. It was halted in the pre-market and Canada and and. So it never, it basically never opened in Canada until like eleven o'clock. But it was trading freely in the U.S. for the first forty-five minutes until they halted it. So it was halted pending news in Canada. Yet in the U.S. on the Nasdaq, it was just trading, 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 trading. Wait, trading. Wait, what was and the finally news? they halted on the Nasdaq too? I don't know like what happened there. Why you would halt on and one exchange and not on the other pending news? Then they halted it and they had some financing and. Obviously, I still own a big chunk of my hive. I did sell a little piece of it yesterday just because it was a double for me. And usually when they double, I like to get out, but I still have a big chunk of hive. Okay. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was a, it's a weird halt. So. Yeah, weird. All right. Hey, it's 8.59. Hey, I haven't asked for likes. I, I haven't groveled enough today, so I'm going to grovel right now. If you haven't already, hit that like button, please. We'd appreciate that because that's how you can show our support. And, uh, and, and, and yeah. So Joel is going to go over to premarketprep.com. Dennis is going to crawl back into his hole and uh, <laughs> try to figure this need... market out. I've 
Hey, believe me, if you're doing great in this environment, you're doing great, you're in the right stocks. This has been an interesting environment. And I tell you, like, you know, I like consistent P&Ls and my P&L is like very volatile here right now because it just seems like random stocks. Like yesterday, you know, I got, I was short GE and I was trying to claw my way back and I actually did claw my way back to green somehow. Um, it took all day though. So it's like when I trade all day and I don't make any money, I feel like, you know, it's pretty disappointing. But when you start in a big hole because you're, you know, short a stock that all of a sudden comes out with <laughs> splits it up into three and rallies 14 bucks in the pre-market. Um, you know, it's a pretty big hole to climb out of. And obviously if I would have held it and people say, well, why don't you hold? You know why? Because I don't want that $14 loser to turn into a $24 loser. You got to cut those losers regardless. I, I know I lost eight points on it yesterday, um, but you know, I didn't lose the, the most. But obviously I, hindsight capital 2020, sure, I should have held it and it would have came right back in and I hardly would have lost anything. But you can't just, you know, this you market's know. very hard to, yeah, you don't know. It's hard to interpret you got to cut the losers when you can. You know, my game is minimizing the damage as much as possible. So, you know, I thought it, when it was up at 125, I was like, well, I wasn't buying it up there because I thought it was way overdone. When it came back to 118, 119, I was like, wow, you know, I just thought at 125, is it worth five or six bucks? I kind of thought so. Pulled back significantly here. Um, I'm, I'm obviously, I talked it, I'm not a fan of what they were doing here, that they have to, you know, split up into three companies to try to you know, get the stock price to go higher. And obviously the market wasn't a fan either because they gave it all back. But usually when a stock's breaking up, usually they're going to go higher. All right, everyone have a good day. Go get them. All right, go get them, guys. And if you want, uh, not quite the opposite. I, I, that would be that would be mean. And not not quite the opposite of Dennis's uh, strategy, but something a little bit different, a little bit more YOLO. If you, if you like what Dennis and Joel discussed about risk management, but with like 50% more YOLO, then stay tuned to our very next show, Live Trading with Benzinga. Mitch, Zunaid, Ryan, myself, uh, hang out with you uh, through the open, um, doing some trades, doing some YOLOs, but also always, always, always controlling our risk. Really just hanging out through the open, right? Because it's the most fun time of the day. So that being said, please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest, Joel Kalina. Thanks to Aaron Bree Welcome right behind me. Thanks to all of you in the chat. There he is. And I'll see you guys over live trading with Benzinga starting in like two minutes. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.